Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wins championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. If you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience and the viewers watching at home. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Dwayne Marcus, host of the Goat Talk with Marcus. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at GTP Marcus. Subscribe on YouTube and uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go Talk with Marcus. It's a pleasure. All right, Marcus. So since you are a Packers fan, let's go and start off talking about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, report came out yesterday. Well, he actually said it himself that he was going to be back in Green Bay for the 2022 season. After that, reports came out of a four-year contract allegedly going to be worth up to $200 million. Now, he's came out and said that those numbers are incorrect. But, of course, Aaron is going to be Aaron and he's going to avoid uh, the actual information that insiders have. So, just wanted to get your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. <laughs> Um, if you write down the list of things that the Packers needed to get done, this was at the top of the list. There is no, there is no Green Bay Packers football next season as far the way we know it. If Aaron Rodgers isn't under center, yeah. I mean that that's just as cut and dry as it gets. Um, because you're not getting Jimmy G because the Packers wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers to a a team that's in the conference. Um, so you're left with what Carson Wentz, like Mitchell Trubisky, who's pretty much going to be on his way to the Giants most likely. And then the worst case scenario would be Jordan Love. And Jordan Love's not good. So this was priority number one, not just as far as getting Aaron Rodgers back, but also and ending the drama, but also like most of the team on both sides of the ball play in Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. Devontae Adams wouldn't come back if Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Tag, he, he wouldn't play under the tag if he didn't want to. The Smith brothers wouldn't come back. Alexander wouldn't be trying to get his contract figured out. Russell Douglas, Devondre Campbell, like a bulk of the team that have been very crucial in what we've been doing the past couple of seasons wouldn't be on the roster heading into this season or trying to stay on the roster heading into next season if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback for next year or any year after that. So this was massive, not just for Rodgers, but for the entire team. Yeah, Marcus, and you were actually were on a live stream with me and Kendall last night, and, we, and I brought it up. This whole con, a four-year contract, $200 million, 
they are paying for the sins that they committed by drafting Jordan Love. And ultimately, I mean, Aaron Rodgers felt disrespected. And, I mean, who wouldn't, right? Um, the guy, I mean, Jordan Love, I, I don't even know if he's going to pan out in this league. Uh, but he felt disrespected. So he was on a mission uh, to have the, you know, two of the best seasons he's had in his whole entire career winning MVPs. So Green Bay had to pay the price for their sins. So, I mean, essentially making him the highest paid uh, player in NFL history. I mean, I, I, I whether Rogers says it is or it isn't, I'm almost like 90% sure that those are the numbers for $200 million, four years, $150 million, $153 million guaranteed. Um, it looks hefty, but $47 million spread over four years as opposed to $200 million spread over four years is a lot easier on the cap. Um, it means that we can be over, like not over under the cap as soon as next year with the way that this is this restructured. And then, of course, you can spread it out so that maybe he's got some void years at the end or maybe you're paying him after he retires. So, like I said, this is massive, not just to have Rodgers back because we don't we're not forget Super Bowl contenders. The Packers aren't a playoff team without Aaron Rodgers. We've seen yeah. in his career, this is not a good football team when Aaron Rodgers isn't on the on the football field. So it it's just it just works all the way around. And and the drama is over, so we can focus on trying to get back to get back to and hopefully winning another Super Bowl. Thank God I couldn't go to sleep, man. Just thinking, hey, is Aaron gonna retire? Is he gonna return back to Green Bay? Um so I just want to talk real quick about the 2021 season. Obviously, it didn't end the way you guys want it to end. Um, loss against the 49ers. I mean, special teams pretty much cost you that game. Uh, you guys did address the issue. You guys uh, did hire Rich Versace. He was the interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders and did an outstanding job. Uh, but besides that, what do you feel the Green Bay Packers have to do in the draft and free agency to kind of get over the hump and make it to the Super Bowl? And per- I mean, I know we talked about this last night on live. In a perfect world, Chris Olave would be <laughs> the newest Green Bay. I don't Bay. think he's going to be there. Though. I don't think he will be, though. Um, Really, I, I really think we've already met the the basic criteria. I think it's interesting though because Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling have both um, stepped up big the past couple seasons. Um, both just in Devonte Adams' absence and just really just you know as their personal development. Um, it'd be interesting to see if one if we keep Devin Funches and then two if he finally plays a football game for us because we got him in the off season before the pandemic and then he opted out understandably so and then last season he's supposed to play for us then he got hurt so maybe we don't need him now that mvs and alan lazard has kind of made these improvements i wouldn't mind sitting him on the field it's just another guy to come back for us um but as i was talking about last night i mean a lot of it's really just on the defensive side like because there is the smith brothers and jair alexander and maybe russell douglas and devonja campbell may or may not come back i think that's kind of the focus because offensively we're set, right? Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon, um, fantastic. The offensive line without David Bakhtiari this year was actually pretty decent. So having him back plus all those improvements is going to be just fine. Obviously, we have Devontae Adams coming back. Um, but the big one for me, at least, is Robert Tunyon coming back because he was our number one red zone target in between the uh, in between the twenties. So it's nice that he'll be back as well. So really, I'm just thinking that the focus primarily has to be on the defense. Um, we've made a living these past couple of years of, of drafting defenders that weren't necessarily highly ranked on draft boards that just kind of, we just got lucky and they fell to us like a Rashawn Gary and a Jair Alexander, of course, and they've panned out to be just fine. So I'm assuming with A-Rod being back and much of that offense intact, that's going to be the draft strategy going forward here as well. 
again, maybe we play aggressive and try to get Olave, but we've never really been an aggressive football team as far as the draft or free agency is concerned anyway. So I'm thinking we'll probably draft a corner or maybe we'll draft some linebackers or wherever the need is. That's where we go. Um, And the defensive unit, I think, despite not always being the best in the beginning of the season, it always kicks into a second gear around playoff time. And so whoever we draft, they'll be fine and they'll reap the benefits and they'll start to, you know, show that they can meet that potential and we'll definitely work towards the benefit. But I've already said it four times. I'll say it again. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers coming back definitely saved us a lot of trouble with having to search for free agents and, and draft a whole bunch of players. Yeah. And then also, I mean, they just, they don't have to worry about that this off season. So I think that's one of the, the, you know, the first thing that had to be addressed for off seasons. <laughs> yeah. The no first thing that needed yeah. to be addressed was addressed. I mean, cause there was a lot of speculation that Denver, I mean, they did try to go all in uh, to get Aaron Rodgers, but Fortunately for the Packers and, and the fans, uh, Aaron's going to be back. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thanks, Marcus. Hey, Marcus, what's going on with you? What's up, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, real quick, I want to talk about um, how impressed were you with Rasul Douglas' performance this year? Rasul <laughs> <laughs> this is a running joke of my friends. I tell people all the time, Rasul Douglas is the reason why the Cardinals collapsed. Uh, the Cardinals just didn't look the same after that game against the Packers when we went down there without our three wide receivers. But R- Rasul Douglas, I think, really stepped up um, in Jair Alexander's absence, obviously having missed most of the season with the injury. That was major um, because Jair Alexander, I think, is the second best cover corner in the league. And if you want to say he's third behind Trey White um, and Jalen Ramsey, I'll give you that. But he's one thousand percent top five. Um, I don't think I, I can't name five corners better at that position at what they do than Jair Alexander. I, I just can't. And that's not even me being a homer. That's just me talking football. I can't do it. So to have Rasul Douglas now as a reliable number two, um, because we all saw what Kevin King looked like in the NFC Championship game against the Bucks a couple uh, uh, last year was not a good look. So now we have a reliable guy on the opposite side of Jair Alexander. I think that's I think that's perfect. It just makes the secondary that much more dangerous because we knew that really the defense was Zadarius Smith and, and, and Jair Alexander. So Rasul Douglas and, and those guys that kind of stepped in and filled those holes when those guys were down, it, it's just, it's great. It means that there's depth and it means that there's not that much pressure on Jair Alexander to do it all in, in, in the in the back. Another player, Rashad Gary from Michigan. Do you feel like he's finally turned a corner for you guys on that D-line? A hundred percent. Similarly to Devondre Campbell, right? Zadarius Smith going down. I know it sucked, but that was kind of the worst thing for the be- in a weird way, the best thing for our defense, like a best a blessing in disguise kind of thing. Because Rashawn Gary, he kind of took a step back when Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith got there, and then but now that they it's like they were gone, he kind of stepped up, and so now it's dangerous. You can have all three of those guys on the field at the same time and really keep that offense on their toes. And that's what's really important, right? It's, and in today's NFL, where it's a quarterback's leagues, and, and you've got guys like Pat Mahomes and, jo- and Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and all these guys that are just going to sling the ball all across the yard, you got to have a defense that can keep the offense on their toes because you can keep the offense on your toes. We know the, how the old saying goes, defense wins championships, right? You're a Patriots fan. A lot of the championships that you guys won outside of it being because of Tom Brady was because of those defenses, right? We, we've seen a lot of great defenses win championships. So, that's the that's that's the best step. Balance football, complimentary football. Aaron Rodgers, all time great quarterback. He can't do it by himself. The defense stepping up like that with Rashawn Gary and Rasul Douglas and those guys, major improvement. And so, a little bit about you personally. You go you go talk with Marcus Page. What is your end goal for this page on your, your YouTube, your Instagram, your Twitter? 
it, it's always changing. I got to be honest. <laughs> my, my end goal kind of always changes. It, it seems like every week, every month. Um, I guess just a little background. So when I first started this, I was writing. I was a writer. I started writing in high school. Writing got boring. Um, and most of my friends and family tell me that I would never shut up. So I, I figured I'd start a <laughs> podcast where I could never shut up and people would watch me never shut up. And that's kind of what it is. Um, at, at this point, um, I want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to be one of those guys that you turn on TV and see yelling back and forth about this stuff. So that's kind of the end goal. Um, I just take it day by day and, and wherever it takes me, it's where it takes me. I just, I love doing it, working with different people like you guys. And I just did a guest spot right before this. Um, and I've done a couple other guest spots. So just networking and meeting new people and, you know, it, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, man. Um, you know, and I, just to kind of piggyback off of that question, I will say this. I mean, I have I have some YouTubers that I like to I enjoy watching, you know, including ourselves. Right. I go back and I, I study the tape and, and I just kind of like, you know, see exactly, you know, where where I can improve on. Um, yeah. You know, I sometimes give, give myself feedback and I love it because. Uh, like you said, I kind of had the same problem, right? I just had uh, a knowledge, this this well of knowledge where I'm just pouring out just information. People are like, man, you need to be doing this for a living. And, and you know, this is what we're, this is the, the end goal for us too. Well, I mean, in many ways, right? This is uh, maybe an entry level to get into the end goal for ourselves. But, uh, but it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, I see these YouTubers, uh, Broshmo, I remember. I remember. I would follow Broshmo around um, for a while. I'm actually uh, Broshmo. He covers co uh, collegiate kids. He does mock drafts. I mean, that guy's just mock draft central. So if you want to know, like you know, if you want to get prepared for the for the off season for your Packers, and you want to see what he's seeing, what he's hearing, uh, you know, it's awesome. He, his knowledge, and he actually studies these kids. You know, as they're as they're in college. Uh, another another guy out there uh, that that I would give a shout out to is uh, the Goat House, and and it's crazy because the Goat House and Brochmo man when they come they come together they start talking football and they start talking about the draft it's it's a beautiful thing man and I think that this platform that YouTube has given us is it's really something special and it allows you to listen to the kind of content that you enjoy right uh, yeah. but let, let's get back to Packers man you said Jordan Love sucks. Yeah. I, now yeah. hold on a minute. Let, before yeah. we get before we get in, before you, you you tell us that there was a situation where you know Aaron Rodgers, I, I believe he was holding out during uh, was it OTAs? Yep. Yep. And there was a situation where Jordan Love the first day didn't look too good, and the second day people were raving at how Jordan Love looked that he looked like a good quarterback and there was the third day where Jordan Love threw a 75 yard bomb for a touchdown ripped his shirt off this is the story I, we all oh, heard it, it is yeah 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 it is it is and it said Aaron the who right and, and I, that was that was a personal bleep but Aaron he's said Aaron Ethan Rogers who mm -hmm. so I just want to know where are you getting your, your sources from I mean, how credible were those sources first off? And where are you getting your sources that he he's not per se the quarterback of the future? So I'm a little bit too hard on Jordan Love. I'll be okay. honest. I am a little bit too hard on Jordan Love. I think when you I I think 
It's all good, man. I think a lot of it, a lot, the sample size for Jordan isn't that large. And I want to, I don't think Jordan Love is a terrible quarterback. I just don't think Jordan Love is the best. I don't think drafting Jordan Love was the best decision in this situation, right? I think it was a knee jerk reaction based on what a lot of people considered was a, a down year for Aaron Rodgers and and his first year with Matt LaFleur, d- despite him throwing for over 4,000 yards and, and having 25 touchdowns and four interceptions, which for most quarterbacks that have ever stepped foot in the football field is a career year. And I, and I get it, right? We're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers throw for close to 4,500 with upwards of 35 touchdowns. And, but, but, he, but that's still a really efficient year just with, with like – 10 less touchdowns and 500 less yards that we're accustomed to seeing in his first season with a new head coach. I, I don't, I don't think that Jordan Love is a bad quarterback. I, I don't want that to be what it is. I, I, I think, I don't, I just don't think that was the right pick. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe that's why I'm not a general manager anywhere. And it's probably why I never <laughs> will be because if I, I, I don't make that decision, I wouldn't have made that decision of drafting Jordan Love. I think in the right situation, Jordan Love can thrive. I think the issue is Jordan Love would have been potentially falling behind an all-time great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of people often compare the Jordan Love drafting to the Aaron Rodgers drafting, and there's two major differences. Number one, Aaron Rodgers was never supposed to fall that far in the 2005 draft. Aaron Rodgers was projected to be, if I'm not mistaken, he was projected to go first overall, but he was definitely projected to go within the top 10. And the reason why he didn't was because of the stigma against Cal quarterbacks. Jordan Love's a little bit different. Did some people have Jordan Love in the first round? Yeah. Was Jordan Love a bad quarterback coming out of college? No, but Jordan Love wasn't on an Aaron Rodgers on the Aaron Rodgers level with the Aaron Rodgers potential that he possessed coming out of Cal. So I, I think Jordan Love would ha- would have had a fine NFL career. Like if Jordan Love went to a different football team where the situation was a little bit different, he would have started games by now. The issue is you have a guy in Aaron Rodgers who has a history of being a diva. And it's it's unfortunate for Jordan that he's been drafted because he's played two or three games in two years. And now Aaron Rodgers has been extended for four years. And so the only chance Jordan Love gets to play football at, at, a, at this level as a starter would be if someone calls and says, hey, look, we're in quarterback purgatory. Here's a sixth round pick. Here's a seventh round pick. Can we get Jordan? Then you say, okay, yeah, here's Jordan Love. We'll take the sixth round pick. And then that whoever you pick with that sixth or seventh round pick, they're not going to make the final 53-man roster anyway. They're going to end up getting cut. So it's not so much that Jordan Love sucks. I think in this scenario, considering what you're going from to what you would potentially be going to, it just wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been best. Like you wouldn't have been, like, like I said, we're not a playoff team without, without Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 do I think that we could still compete within the, in the division? Yeah, because the only real threat in my eyes in the division is the Minnesota Vikings. So like, sure, we'd still probably beat the Lions twice a year. We'd probably split with the, with the Bears. But outside of that, are we going to be able to beat other teams in the NFC with Jordan Love? Would we be able to beat other teams in the NFL in general with Jordan Love? Probably not. And again, Green Bay is not a free agent destination, but people want to come to Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there and Jordan Love's now the starting quarterback, a lot of the guys that are on the roster that I talked about earlier that are coming back because Aaron Rodgers is getting extended, they're probably not staying. Like, is, would Devontae Adams stay in Green Bay if, if Jordan Love's the QB? I don't think so. Are the Smith brothers and some of these other guys on defense going to come back and play in Green Bay if Jordan Love's the quarterback? I don't think so. I, so I, I think it's not so much that he sucks. It's just... This wouldn't have been the situation where Jordan Love, I think, could have succeeded at his optimum 
to the best of his ability. I think I just don't think this was the best situation for him. You know, look at Mac Jones. Not a lot of people was high on Mac Jones. He was he was the only quarterback out of this rookie class that looked serviceable, looked like a you know a starter, and and made the playoffs because the situation worked for him. You know what I mean? Like sometimes situations trump whatever potential you have. If you're in the right situation. You don't have to be flashy. You don't necessarily have to have the arm. That's all nice. But if you're in the right situation with the right coach, the right roster around you, the right general managers or whatever, in the right you know situation, you can find success. I don't know if this would have been the best situation for Jordan, but I think Jordan's a great person. He's not a terrible quarterback. There are definitely places where he can go and can be used and people will be happy to have him and it'll be an upgrade from what they currently have. Like if he goes to Indianapolis, I think that'd be great for him. Because Indianapolis has it all. They've got a running back. They have one of the best O-lines in football. They have a really good defense. They have – that's not a great wide receiver room, but they've got pretty solid wide receivers. Jordan Love could could succeed in, in Indianapolis. Jordan Love could succeed in Houston. There's not a lot going down there, but there's no expectations for Jordan. That's the thing. There's too many expectations given not just what Aaron has done in his career, but what Brett Favre did in his career before that. There, there's way too much expectations, and I think that would be too much pressure for Jordan too soon he'd have to go somewhere where there's no expectations like like a houston or a jacksonville or indianapolis or somewhere like that they need to be just fine i i, I don't i don't know if he would be I, I i didn't think he would fit under those expectations in green bay that's all not that he's necessarily a bad quarterback i'm pretty sure there's a ton of packer fans that agree with you on that one uh but it would be something if if, if jordan love goes to another team and he just balls it out that'd be insane right it would <laughs> it like, would you guys would be pissed uh, but I will say this, uh, you know, now that the whole Aaron Rodgers situation cleared up and cleared away, uh, we have seen his name being, you know, uh, like like you said, uh, it's been talked about a, a, a part of maybe a potential trade suitor, right? Uh, because this draft class is not the strongest at quarterback. Although, I, you know, I'm still on the fence. There's, there's a couple of competitors out there that I think that, you know, you, that these teams are willing to take a, a, a chance on. But Getting back on subject with the whole Aaron Rodgers is a great situation because right now, uh, right now people are already starting to say it's Packers versus Packers versus Broncos in the in the Super Bowl next year because now that we all can, I mean, is it fair? Is it safe to say that that Tom Brady did retire? Because I don't know, man. He he said he retired, but then I don't know, man. That guy I think Tom Brady's taking a year. I think he's taking a year or two off, and, and he'll. Come I, I don't even know because there was a report that came out earlier this morning uh, saying that he's staying ready, staying in shape in case he wants to return. That so, you know, he like like I said, it that just just the way Adam Schefter reported that he retired, and then they and he's like, no, I didn't retire. You know, they made a little bit of a made a little bit of noise about that, and then he officially retires, right? And then now we've been hearing reports that. Buccaneers are all in, you know, going to try to re-sign him uh, all in. So, and and you see them, like, still trying to keep the key pieces, right? Like Chris Godwin, they, they franchise tagged him. They still have Mike Evans. Uh, you know, they're going to get, they're going to get, they're going to get uh, a bunch of their team back healthy. If, if, if Tom Brady stay, stays retired, which, you know, I'm pretty sure all Packer Nation is, is hoping I mean, tell me, is the Packers the favorite right now to be playing in the Super Bowl this upcoming season? They should be. I'm asking you, is it a yes or no question? No, yeah, I'm saying they should be. I, I don't I don't see why they can't be. I mean, you look across the NFC, especially now that Russ is gone, the only the only the only 
in my eyes, the only legitimate threat is the Rams because they just won the Super Bowl, right? And 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 OBJ and all those guys are likely going to be coming back, right? Now you've got the teams with that always have what I call the if factor. Well, if Tampa Bay gets a capable quarterback, if Trey Lance pans out and 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 be in his half as good as advertised for San Francisco. If Carson Wentz now could potentially do something with Washington, if Dallas can stay out of their own way, uh, 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 if Arizona can figure out what's going on there, you know, th- there's a lot of ifs for a lot of these other teams, but the only two teams for sure that we know are going to be somewhere around there in the end is Green Bay and Los Angeles. Now, unfortunately for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers has yet to beat the San Francisco 49ers. And the Packers just haven't had the best success since winning the Super Bowl. What was it? 12 years ago now. I mean, we, we, we go from winning the Super Bowl to going 15, one of the following season. We lose to the giants. Um, we, we lose to the giants in the playoffs in the division round. unacceptable loss, by the way, to the New York giants that year, we, we go into an NFC championship game after in the Des caught it year. We give up, what was it? 15 points and 45 seconds against the Seahawks. Unacceptable loss there. We, we, we got, we got, our butts handed to us on a platter by the Atlanta Falcons in 2016. And then again, by the San Francisco 49ers in 2019, we, we lose in questionable circumstance, like questionable in terms of like, what are you thinking with the play calling type of thing in 2020 to the bucks. So a lot of it for the Packers really has been a combination of. uh, It's been a combination really of us not being able to get out of our own way in the playoffs, bad matchups, lackluster performances at the wrong time like it's been all of that I've been saying all all not say all like since Tuesday when it happened there's no reason why the Packers shouldn't be in the Super Bowl this year there's no reason the 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 only way the only the only way I can think of the Packers not there's only two things that can happen God forbid Aaron Rodgers gets injured season down the drain obviously or we run into the Rams the Rams beat us that's it I I don't see it like because anything short I think of a Super Bowl appearance this season is truly boomer. Like we thought last season was Super Bowl or bust. This season is definitely Super Bowl or bust because there's no Tom Brady. There's no Russell Wilson. There, 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 there really is just the Rams. And I feel like as great as it is to have Aaron Rodgers back for these next four years, this is really when the legacy matters for Aaron Rodgers. Because I've been saying for a while now, Aaron Rodgers is kind of like the James Harden of the NFL. Plays great in the regular season. Phenomenal. Absolutely great. Postseason comes, and it's like, where's all that Aaron Rodgers magic that we saw in the regular season? It, it just kind of dissipates for whatever reason. So that that's an issue. Like, and, and then even from there, it's like, okay, again, who's in the way? Who Name me the bona fide, like, no, I don't want to hear no ifs, no, no, no buts, no ands, no variables. Name me the teams in the NFC outside of all of the Los Angeles Rams that you can say right now definitively are 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 just as equipped if not more equipped to make it to the Super Bowl than the Green Bay Packers there isn't one the only team outside of the Packers in the in, in the NFC that is equipped or potentially better equipped to make it and win a Super Bowl this year or next year on the Los Angeles Rams everybody else Cardinals Cowboys Bucks 49ers ifs Vikings ifs it's a whole bunch of ifs so hedge like whether you want to hedge your bet or not if Aaron Rodgers can't get us to a Super Bowl in these next four years and the NFC is as wide open as it's ever been that's not good that's not good we'll never deny him as being one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time 
But then where does he really rank as far as the greatest quarterbacks of all time if the NFC is this wide open and he can't get back to one? I won't even talk about winning one yet. Let's just talk about getting back to one. Because the AFC opponent, whoever it is, is going to be tough because all those guys are young, all those guys are talented, and Russ is there. It's going to be tough. And iron sharpens iron. All those teams are going to make each other better due to competition. Getting to a Super Bowl in these next four years is going to be easier for Aaron Rodgers than it's ever been in any other four-year stretch of his career. Because outside of the Rams, who's there? Yeah, so Marcus, just to kind of end it out, man, I mean, you guys kind of are in a very interesting division right now. I mean, you guys you got a bunch of new head coaches. You know, you got, uh, of course, it all started with the Packers, right? bringing in Lafleur. Uh, it was kind of like an unknown commodity, right? Because he hadn't been a head coach before. And then last year, the the Cow, uh, the Lions bring in Ken, uh, Campbell, and then this year you got Matt Eberflus with the with the Chicago Bears, and of course uh, McDonald from the uh, from the Rams going with the Vikings. So uh, from all the teams there, uh, overall thoughts of of these hires, these head coach hires, and who do you think? Will, will be the team that is going to give you guys fits for the uh, and maybe in two-year span? I mean, the Lions, I think, decent hire. Looking back on it now, in the beginning, I mean, dude shows up talking about biting off kneecaps and <laughs> all this other stuff and then shows up with a race car helmet. That's kind of weird. Looking back on it, though, he's kind of establishing a, a winning culture, so it, it, it's looking good. The talent gap, though, is just too – it's it's just too too wide for the Lions at this point. Um, the Bears, it's interesting. The defense will get better, I'm assuming, because they've got a defensive-minded coach. But I've never really been a fan of hiring a defensive guy to coach a young quarterback. That 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 just doesn't make sense to me. If you've got a young quarterback, especially one that you've picked in the top ten, you, to me, you draft yourself an offense. You you would find yourself an offensive head coach. And, and hire a good defensive coordinator. Like, I, I mean, and this is just me. I, I thought the, the Bears would have went the route of hiring Vic Vanjo to be their DC and then going out there and getting, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 an Eric Bieniemy or, or something like that to be their head coach so that you've got your guy to, you know, for your offense and you still got a decent dis- defensive coordinator that you can trust on the defense to handle the defense. But I think Justin Fields will still improve um, because – he, 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 he looks like he's primed to take that next step. Um, but the team I'm most worried about is the team I'm always worried about, and that's the Vikings. Do I think we'll lose the division over the next couple of years? No. But the Vikings did win nine games this season on the strength of their offense alone. And in that situation, I think you hire the defensive guy and hire a good OC because the offense is fine. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, um, J- Justin Jefferson – Offense is fine. <laughs> offense is going to click regardless of who the offense, whether or not you have an offensive head coach or not. So in that one, I'm kind of a little bit worried just because Justin Je- Justin Jefferson is only going to continue to get better. Kirk Cousins, he's not the flashiest guy, but he is still a solid quarterback. And Dalvin Cook, when healthy, I think is a top three running back in the NFL. He 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 he's a, he he can he can do it all for you that you need to do it all for you. The two games I'm most concerned about are the two games we play every season against the Vikings. The one we play at home, the one we play on the road, because they always play us tough. It's always a tough matchup. And they run the offenses that they run now with McDonald being the head coach, given that he comes from the McVeigh coaching tree, and given that both McVeigh and the floor run the same offense, they're going to be running the offense that we run. And 
it, it's really just going to come down to the same thing that it always comes down to whenever we, whenever the Packers play the Rams or whenever the Packers would play the 49ers, who can execute the, the exact same running, uh, the exact same game plan better. That, that, that's really all that is because the talent got even there. I think we have the better defense. And I think, you know, we have the better quarterback, obviously. And I think we have the better wide receiver unit or at least the best number one wide receiver of the two teams. But really, they always play us tough. Like it's either almost always a shootout or it's almost always a grinding out game. And more likely than not, it's almost always a shootout. And it just comes down to who has the ball last. So the Vikings have always really been for the last three to four years, the team that worries me the most. And you look at Matt LaFleur's record in the AFC, in the NFC North, he has two or three losses in three years. I think it's two. Both of them are against the Vikings. Like they're the only team in the, in the division that's been able to, to figure out a way to beat us. Um, and they've done it twice. They beat us once this this season, I'm not mistaken, and they beat us once last year as well. So, um, it, it, it has to be the Vikings, right? Like it's, it's, it, it kind of has to be. I think that's kind of the clear cut second best team in the uh, in the division. Um, yeah, but I I have I've got respect for all the teams in the division, like because they've all got players that I I think are are nice. Um, I'm interested. I was really interested to see what Justin Fields looked like because I was a fan of Justin Fields coming out of college when he was coming out of OSU, and I thought that if he went to Atlanta, or if he went, or if he went to Atlanta, or maybe like Carolina, he he he'd be good there. So I'm kind of concerned for him as far as his growth because he's got a defensive-minded head coach. But we'll see how it all shakes out. But the Vikings definitely give me the most cause for pause when it comes to the schedule and how things could shake out in the division. But I, I think we'd still be able to win the division this year, and hopefully the next four years. Obviously, as long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Hey, Marcus, thank you for your time, man. Appreciate it, and best of luck to you, man. No, thank you. Marcus, real quick, before we let you go, go ahead and remind the listeners where they can find you on social media. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, GTP Marcus um, on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, um, and then also you can subscribe to the YouTube channel on you can subscribe to the YouTube channel on YouTube. Clearly, I don't know why I was about to say anything after that. <laughs> um, I'm on a break right now, but when I come back, we go live every Friday um, with next day access for the show on Saturday on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Have guests on the show just about every week. Talk all things NFL, NBA, and WWE with a little bit of AEW in there as well. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I, I appreciate it. All right, Marcus. Thank you. We'll catch up with you later. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.
Future Cast.